Hi, I'm Vince Irushi. And I'm Stephen A. And this is the Assign It To Me podcast. This show is a weekly discussion about our application, Assign It To Me, which is a web-based project management tool for professional services companies that are looking for an easier and effective way to manage their projects. We discuss topics like project management, analytics, and any interesting and noteworthy news and technology. You can catch our show notes for these podcasts at blog.assignittome.com. A couple of weeks ago, we um, we were talking about this hacker with a heart of gold and how uh, this hacker actually took a, this person's $50,000 Twitter name, uh, Yahoo email. Uh, they went through the Yahoo email and... The guy got his name back from Twitter. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that was a, that was a that. recent development on that. Oh, so that's good news, you know. Uh, but something even more scary and sophisticated came up in your in the blog this week. Uh, Google Docs phishing scam. So I'm assuming a lot of people are starting to use Google Docs now. Yes. And um, I read this article here, and it's it's kind of scary because this phishing scam is very hard to detect. It uses Google to yeah. execute. So it's a document that is on Google's server that uses Google's certificate, except it's not really a login page. So they spoofed a login page that sends some code to some bad place. Um, I think they're using their own Google Docs to, to serve yeah, up the page, basically. Right? So that's why it looks like it's under Google's uh, SSL certificate. Yes. So it's got the little it's got the little lock and everything, and it's a pretty. I have to admit, it's quite clever. Right. Right. So what happens is, I guess, kudos to the hackers in a in a yeah in a nudging wink wink, wink kind of way. But. So when you log in, you log in, and, and I guess the credentials are sent. Um, on a compromised server. Yes. So it's sent to basically. PHP script, right. Okay. Scary stuff. So uh, yes. I think, again, anything that, that allow, needs you... So what I've done is... So are you glad you, know, you moved over to Office 365 then? <laughs> yeah, sure. That, that'll never get hacked, right? <laughs> no, never. So what I'm saying is that... Uh, in the back of my mind, I've kind of conditioned myself. If, if I have to click from my email to another site. Just type in the URL right. I, to, to the simplest version of the URL. Right. So you probably have to condition yourself not to click on those links or do from your e email is the worst place, right? So. Yes. Uh, okay. Good to know. <clears throat> so I'm going to keep, I'm always going to be keeping an eye. You know what happens though? You become complacent. You become, well, you take things for advantage that everything is, is up. So. Here's the thing is uh, if you put like a fake button on a wall on some street, you put a sign above it saying, don't press this button. And as people walk by, I bet you, you know, 80% of those people would press that button. Right. Right. That's what links and executable and attachments are in emails. Right. Don't click them. But it's like people. Oh, there's a link. Yeah. Click. It's it's like muscle especially memory. especially if it's a nice shiny button that looks inviting and and know. it's muscle memory right right so it's hard so, to avoid sometimes I mean I worked at a company where the top Microsoft guy the top Microsoft Exchange guy got a one of those remember back in like the late nineties early two thousands that uh, you get a link in in Outlook and it would it would just destroy the email server. Yes. The top Microsoft guy at that company clicked on it and boom. And he could not, you know, he it was something that he couldn't live down, yeah. right? So I remember an email. I got, get an email to say, click here 
and it would it would either open up your you remember those three and a half or the five and a half quarter floppies or the oh, three yeah. and a, it would do it would open that on your computer so it's taking taking a um, basically taking control of your hardware right uh, there was another one where it actually showed it was deleting your your hard mm-hmm. drive or was deleting all the folders too I remember that that was way back maybe 10 15 years ago so uh, all kinds of stuff. Every, I guess every every year there's something new that comes up. Got to patch up the document, or patch. We basically have to make sure that uh, the security there's no holes in in the system, right? So yeah. Um, take a look at the next article. World Science U. So I wanted to post this one uh, because the 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 actual website is up. And um, if I look at it, uh, it is rocket science, man. So they have three types. They have science unplugged. So they, they're talking about mathematics and cosmology and um, particle physics and parallel universes, if you're into that. Then they got these course, these short courses, um, two to three week explorations. So the other ones are quick hits. Uh, these ones are, so, so if you're interested in, space-time and Einstein and warps and curves and invisible reality. Those are some of the courses you can look at. I just wanted to touch on this because it wasn't it wasn't up and running when we were talking mm-hmm. about it and is now. I actually worked with a rocket scientist before. He was a Cognos guy. Really? I don't know if you met him. He was at uh, one of the, at the auto company. He, he actually, uh, um, when he came to Canada, he, he got like kind of an internship there and right. then grew into this Cognos role, but. You don't want to, but we he don't was, want to mention any names. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, I remember seeing it. He was like an aerospace engineer. I go, hey, you're yeah. a rocket scientist. Yeah. A smart guy too. So. And they have some university courses: special relativity, general relativity, quantum mechanics. So if you got nothing better to do, you can probably check those. I'm curious to see how these things are, are put together. From what I understand, and from that interview they had. Um, at John John Stewart's show, it sounded like it, it's very interesting. Each of these courses are um, worth kind of following. So this isn't uh, that khaki guy, is it? Khaki, Green Khaki Murray or whatever. No, oh. it's uh, I forget his name. Green Brian Green is. Oh, oh yes, David Silver on nine zero two one zero. Right. <laughs> Who's married to 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 um um. That person that that uh, well, what's her name? She's a Transformers girl, Megan Fox. Yes, that girl. Yeah, yeah. She's not. What does Megan Fox say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that song was written about her. She doesn't seem to be the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> Maybe not. Beep 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 beep. Have you ever asked Siri what the fox says? Uh, what does the Siri say? Uh, I think she says, says what the fox says oh, in the so song. Plays the song back. Google does. Google now does. If you ask Google now, what does the fox say? It says yippee, yippee, up, yo, or something. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the song. I I only heard it a few times. But yeah. Okay, Google. What does the fox say? <laughs> See, that's what. That's what. Did that come up? Uh, hopefully, yeah, it did. Okay. It did. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's move on to 2048. What is 2048? 2048 is two to the power of something. Right. So, wait. So uh, I'm, I'm actually on the website 16, right 32, now. 32, 64, 
128, 256, 512, 1024, 2 to the power 10. Right. So you have to make this work 10 Ten times in a row. So it's a sliding game. There's there's a viral game on the app store called Threes, where right. you have to keep matching these threes. It looks remember those old things where you had to slide a panel and there was only one open. That's right. It's kind of looks like that. Um, it's one of those match two tiles to, and it's based on a couple other games. But the neat thing about it is a guy who who wrote this posted it on Hacker News and he made the the source code open on GitHub. So. Since he released this game, uh, every day or two, there's at least one or new ver- version that's posted on Hacker News. There's a Flappy Bird version of 2048. There's one called Hacker News Plays 2048, which is based on... on. So there's this website called Twitch, which is where people stream themselves playing video games. <laughs> but this guy wrote a hack for The Legend of Zelda on the Game Boy, and uh, it uses a chat on Twitch. So everyone says link move left or something and then link moves left. So so it's like a million people playing like queued up the controls and they finally beat the game right together, right? So someone wrote a version that was similar for 2048 where the people on Hacker News can just type in a command and it'll it'll, it'll play the game. There's um a physicist version of the game where you try and convert it into the the Higgs boson right particle um I saw another one where it turns it into an octagon. It's kind of neat. It's just that this I'm guy put this right code now. out there. <laughs> and there's about 67 versions of it right now. There's a 3D version. It kind of shows you how cool open sourcing yeah. the code is to a project. Because people will build on your idea. Sometimes make it worse. Sometimes make it better. But at least it's kind of fun in terms of what comes out of it. It's not easy. I can only get up to 512. My wife... Got higher. I don't know. Because it gives you a score, too. She got like 7,000. Most I can get is like 5,200. Right. So, but it's it's addictive. You just sit there and you start. Back and forth, back and forth. And every time it doesn't connect, it adds it adds a Well, tile. no, even if it does connect, it, it adds every move adds a new tile. So. You got to make sure you're clearing, you're clearing things off as you move. Right? Yes. Some of them. I think there's a version that where uh, the AI one, the one that I posted on the blog, gives you commentary. It's, it says, oh, that wasn't good, or that's yeah. not a very bright move, or you could do better than that. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard enough already, right? So, well, I got up to 64 while we were talking, so maybe I'll, continue, I'll continue later. Well, I'm, I still got a lot. Hey, this podcast is so interesting. By the time you get to 512, <laughs> we'll be done. <laughs> right. Uh, OneNote introduces new APIs, um, kind of. Well, actually, it was a big announcement. There are three things that came out of the... OneNote has web API, which is kind of cool if you're an app developer who does web apps. Right. Um, so, you know, in theory, you can make a sign it to me, send send and receive to OneNote, which is cool. Um, of course, you know, it's like there's so many things we could integrate with. Right. How do you pick and choose? Um, the second announcement was there's a version for the Mac, a dedicated native version, and it's free and it's a full version on the App Store. It lacks some fun- functionality, though. It's, well, it does not connect to 365 yet. It connects if you have a Microsoft account. Right. Um, but I imagine that the 365 will come soon. And then they made the full version of the Windows version free. Right, right. Although before you had to buy Office to get access to it. So okay. that's a big deal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I would have been using it sooner had it been free before we got the 365. But... 
I'm a big fan of OneNote. It's uh, I've changed my behavior with Evernote. That I use Evernote for clipping stuff that I reference stuff from websites. And when I create a note, uh, whether we're in a meeting or need to draw stuff, I use OneNote yeah. and sync it to the cloud. Yeah, but you know, you know, my you're pain, a big fan of OneNote. You know my, yeah, you know my pains with OneNote is the problem is I think I tried to do too much uh, at the beginning, but first time you open an app you expect it to work a certain way so i just started using it so i i clipping from the web um couple of couple of shapes here uh-huh. and there some text some drawing kind of trying to mix it all in and things were just jumping around on the page clunky yeah couldn't, couldn't save things i uh, added some text to the right i just trying to put a note just by typing it in and this note shows up underneath my clipping and i said no i'd, I'd like to have it on the right side and it just wouldn't work and I was getting more frustrated than anything. That's why, so I, was, the that's thing, why I was putting a hate on that, that day. The right? thing so. is, it is a classic Microsoft application in that they've added more features to it than it needs. And and the core 20% of the functionality that 80% of the people use is great. But the remaining 80% that the 20%, uh, which I will put you in, sucks. Right, yeah. Because you know how... Um, you, you know can, what it's you good could for? use Word for anything, right? You could use it to, to it'll actually do calculations in your table, but is it good at it? Yeah. 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 But it I think I don't I wish Microsoft would sometimes tone down their functionality because the way I use OneNote is from the get-go was I treated it like a combination of Notepad on Windows and a Sketchpad. Right. So I only do one or the other. I sometimes mix it too, but I don't use any of the other functionality. Yeah. And because of that. I have, I, I just absolutely love it. Compared to Evernote, it does some things really, really well. Because Evernote, like, doesn't do the inking well. And they've added some integrations to Skitch, which I blogged about in the past couple of weeks, too. But uh, it really doesn't do handwriting notes well. Right. Because I don't actually, when I handwrite the notes, I don't use the ink recognition. I don't use the drawing recognition and make it nice because my attitude is I'm just going to write it. It's there. No, one, make it one note's been around for, for like ages, ever, ages. And you know, it's not a, it's not an app that a lot of people talk about or use. It's never caught on like um, wildfire. Actually, right? it is very popular among students but, for um, obvious reasons. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, you got to take notes, but uh, it's got its uses like the, I guess when we were doing the work on, our website or our corporate site, take a snapshot of what we had and we mm-hmm. marked it up. And that was good, right? Kept it simple. Remember how right. we used to always uh, kind of drool over the live scribe pen, which is a smart pen that can record while you're writing and yes. then you write on special paper and then um, it memorizes your strokes and sends it to your computer. Yep. When you use uh, OneNote on the surface, mm-hmm. um, it's like that, except it eliminates the syncing step. And apparently you can actually record. So let's say you're at uh, a TED presentation for like, like that's going to happen because it's really expensive. Right. It's like $10,000 a ticket, I think. Um, and you're taking notes while the guy's talking. You can record the guy talking. It'll remember where your pen was when a guy said a certain idea. So then you can rewind back to that, that uh, spot on your note instantly. Right. Because usually the talkers talk faster than we can write right so right it's got some neat features but uh i would say the 20 percent 
is good, 80% sucks. So I understand your frustration because the 80 per, the remaining 80% is right. When it's when when it's bad on Microsoft, it's really bad. Right. right. And when it's good, it tends to be really good. <clears throat> yeah, um it's got its uses. I'll I'll use it like I'm not going to to shut it off or whatever. I'm using I'm, it for I'm everything now. It. I'm still using it, but um it's not going to be I did, maybe I got to give it a chance or whatever, but <laughs> I think I, you do. my first experience with it was just so Yeah, you got you got you got to look at um so we've been working on our business intelligence stack and you did a giant document on personas. Personas for those of you who don't know are you basically just write a story about a person to understand right. what the user is like. So Joe is a manage, accounting manager. He gets six reports a day and he does most of his stuff through email. He hates using a web browser. So then we would develop um, the user interface to match that persona. Right. 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 So Vince came up with like a dozen personas that we need to satisfy. Um, and you did it in a standard Google document. And each user, each persona has its own page. I don't know if you want to open up your SharePoint and look at it, but the thing with um, OneNote is it lets you create a tree of notes, so you can without having to scroll or jump to Finster Books or I can't remember any other name. Finster is the only one I remember. Yeah. Um, he Vince can just click on the name of the guy on the left side, and it will jump to that note instantly. Right. Yeah. So from that regard, it's way better than using a Word document. Um, and Evernote doesn't even really give you that functionality unless you want to create multiple notes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So any case, I, I suggest you give it a chance. Fitz. I will. It's a really good application <laughs> when used, uh, with, when used with low expectations. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a good replacement for wiki too. You can yes. type anything in it. Uh, you can search. Right, you can index things. So it's definitely not a replacement for Word or Visio. No, no. I would not. never do anything that I need to present or wire to a customer in a high quality output format. But for internal stuff, like just me and you, I don't like. I don't care if your handwriting sloppy on a thing. No, the menu's not too bad either. Not, you know how Excel, you you drop down their menu. It's got multiple layers. Mm -hmm. It's got like how many how many different uh, menus. Yeah. It's just. Layer upon layer. Draw menu is the only right. one I use. <laughs> right. That's it. So, and it's simple. It's one layer only. So, I, that I could follow, right? So, it'd be nice if it supported it layers. I will say that if it supported layers, I would be a little, well, you know what? I never read the documentation. It might, but when layer, you say layers, layers like in, like in Photoshop. Photoshop, right. Because yeah. then it's like if we're doing collaborating and doing markup, you can just on, flip the background so, color. So or, when I hand yeah. it off to you, you create a new layer, you have your markup, and then. And then you hand it back to me. I create a new layer, and then we can merge if we choose to merge the layers, or if we choose to hide certain feedback. That would be very cool. Yeah, that would be good. That's right. Sketchbook so, Pro so does that. Just a little checkbox on a layer type of menu on the right or left, like yeah. similar to yeah Photoshop. It might right? it might actually be in there. I should read the docs, but that would be my only thing that uh, I'm sure it is. I wish was in there, <laughs> and I should check if it is in there. Yeah. But OneNote's awesome. The full version, not the Windows 8 App Store version is eh. Yeah. And the web version is actually surprisingly good. Yeah. Because I've been using that a lot on the Mac. I'm on the web version right now, so I'm just looking at some of the different articles we have. It's good. Uh, let's move on to the main topic. Um, 
the big news. It's really like, not uh, related to uh, anything no, that we normally not, talk about, but it, there is, it is kind it's of a source of fascination right. for us for the last 14 the last, days. Yeah. The last couple of weeks. So we're talking about uh, flight number MH370 Malaysian airlines, uh, has gone missing as of yes. March 8th. And, um, the amount of data that's coming through, um, so our, what I'm looking at, our post includes an infographic and the infographic, um, is like a timeline showing that it was still flying seven hours after, mm -hmm. after it went missing off, off of the radar. And this infographic actually has, I think it actually came from, I sourced it incorrectly in the blog, by the way, I said it came from stuff.co.nz. Right. I think they got it from the Washington post. Right. So it's, 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 you know, it's very dense infographic. There's a lot of text, I guess. It really explains it does everything right. though. And it shows the flight of the plane, has the map, has the area, uh, shows the arc uh, where, where the ping, where the satellite uh, um, that's 22,000 miles over the Indian Ocean picked up the actual last ping along that arc. So that's why they're looking at it and explains why shows um shows an infographic on the flight recorder and that it can actually withstand um the weight of the pressure the ocean under twenty thousand feet uh so there's a lot of good stuff here so um my my fascination over the last two weeks is the amount of information that flies around and and how it's processed by different people mm -hmm. right so or not processed more accurately processed. so uh, if you think of it, I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a line. You have the news and the media, and then you have the investigative team. Mm -hmm. The investigative team would never. Oh, there's multiple teams too. Yeah, and there is. Uh, um, you know, the news and and the media and and the families, they're gonna right away. They're gonna start spec because that's the way the brain works. Um, it's hijacked. We haven't heard black from hole. it. CNN entertained the idea of a black hole. <laughs> CNN. Right. The quote-unquote, reputable news-gathering... Well, they're not reputable anymore. <laughs> the news-gathering channel entertained the idea of it being a black hole. Yeah, Bermuda Triangle, maybe, or something like that. Like they're, They just run out of things to say. Uh, now, the, on the investigative side, um, the way... And I've, I've, I've seen some of these guys talk, and the way they answer is they don't discount anything, right? Well, every, every time something rational has been presented it it got debunked right for something more fantastical right. <laughs> right but they think very um they think in a logical way where when the information comes in they don't discount it but they look for clues and and they relate the data together to get the information that they need but uh, the right. news um in the absence of new information because it's not we're not looking at a fire hose of information we get little stupid little tidbits right. they get amplified to the point of ridiculousness so the one was uh, one of the pilots had a um elaborate flight simulator set up so at his what? house so 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 does a hundred thousand other people in the world no right? but people like joe joe average doesn't know much about right flight simulators right um and i saw the, the setup right and i have seen hardcore home flight simulator setups and what the guy had was the equivalent of a gaming rig with store-bought pieces running microsoft flight simulator okay does that mean he's a cause of the it means nothing nothing so what happens is you got a cnn person camped outside the, the pilot's house and they see an official go in there and pull out some 
some hardware that maybe was this guy's flight simulator, and they say, well, they're looking at the pilot. So Vince, well, obviously they're looking at the pilot, yeah. right? So Vince, Why wouldn't they? Let's say you have a Ferrari. Yep. Right. You're. Let's say your 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 assigning to me app goes huge. You're rich. You drive a Ferrari. You love supercars. Right. So, um, would it make no sense for you to have a bunch of supercar racing games on your Xbox 360? Um, it would make total sense, right? Because that's what yeah, I'm into. Yeah. If, right? if I'm a pilot and I love flying, yeah, sure. Right. I think I might have a flight simulator at home. Because well, I want to try flying on a different plane. Let's sensationalize this. Oh, well, this guy's been doing some. Oh, he uh, deleted files from that computer too. Everybody deletes files. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but if you look at Google News, you see a whole bunch of headlines, and it's it's the headline of a story. FBI right. investigating deleted files. Sure, they're investigating it, but it's not news right. until they find something. Right. So don't right. report it. So what they need to do is maybe look at the guy's background. What sure. was he doing? What was his financial situation? Was he in trouble? Did he have this? He made a phone call before right. the flight left. Maybe he was just calling his wife to say goodbye. Uh, good, right. You know, like, I'll see you when I get back. Make so me supper. Each one of these pieces of data on their own um, really it's don't data. mean a lot. Don't mean a lot, right? Or information. Data. No, it's data that right. that I think the media has tried to convert into information without proper analysis. Right. But to get and true... I'm not defending the guy because I don't no, actually know I what know, happened. but to get true... The only way you're going to get good insight on what's happening is to take a look at all the information, all the pieces, and when you relate it together and you come up, come up, then you come up with some truths. Yes. Or, so, so that's the only way to do it. Right? So you know me, I'm a, I'm like a, a big fan of root cause, right? Right. So let's forget about the 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 satellite pings <clears throat> and stuff like that right now. I'm just going to say one blanket statement. This. There are two things that that happen that people aren't really talking about, um, and one of them isn't really important, but the other one is, and I'll, I'll go through them. But what I I think I want to say is, um, it was a very preventable situation. So and the, and secondly, I will say that the the Malaysian authorities, the people who run the airline, and the military. Drop the ball on it. So first of all, you get these two guys who I don't, for all, you know, have been discounted as guilty parties who managed to get on a plane with fake passports that were expired. How does that happen? You think that uh, all airports post 9-11 have some but sort of centralized computer system? Here's a question for, for you. If I'm, if I'm a terrorist, wouldn't I want to have valid Passports get on. You know what I'm saying. I'm not judging have, anything. Why would I raise a, f- a red flag? I know, right? but I'm so, not judging. I'm not judging anything. Right. I'm just saying that that a that's a security problem. Right, right. But it's unrelated to the crash, in my opinion. Right. Right. The second part, which is more important, is in real time, they saw the plane change direction on the military radar, and I'm guessing that the guy who saw it went up to a supervisor. I'm just guessing. I'm just making this part up. Said, uh, "Hey, something happened." He goes, "Ah, oh, I don't want to do, deal with the paperwork. Just let it go. It's probably nothing." Right, and had they, but the, when it, when it turned, the the military radar picked up that, picked they, it up. For but they did nothing. Amount, they right. did nothing. Right. If this was in the U.S., do you think what do you think would have happened? Two jets would have been scrambled to investigate Ex- immediately, and then you would know exactly. There, right. We would not have gotten into this <clears throat> gigantic mess afterwards because you know, first of all, well, we're not investigating the pilots. A week later, now we're investigating the pilots. You know, um, the transponder happened before the guy said goodnight. Transponder happened after the guy said goodnight. And then the next day, 
transponder went down before. <laughs> it's like they, this, the stories change every if day. If we think about pressing, again, I'm not making any claims. Yeah. Because, like you said, I don't have, we don't have but, all the but facts. But the one safe thing to say is that the authorities on the Malaysian side were kind of negligent in a way. Sure. That, well, what do you, what that do you want led to do? us to this mess today. Uh, and to hide that, you want to blame pilots. You want to blame so other throw people. pilots right? under the bus right. because he was a supporter of the of the of the minority or right. the opposition, right? I know they probably looked at this. This reminds me a lot of the Payne Stewart um, when he was on his oh, yeah, jet, yeah. where um, everyone De- decompressed got, or something. Right, decompressed. Like that. They got hypoxia. They they basically died on the plane. But that plane flew for another four hours because it was on autopilot. It was escorted by two. To military planes, like you said, mm-hmm. um, just in case. Yeah, but it those went military into, planes know where it went down, right? Right. So they they followed it down, and as long as it fall, goes into unpopulated air, I'm I'm assuming if it was going to crash, yeah, into it, a, they would just they shot, it shot it down. This plane here, even though it was, you know, four or five hours out, um, I'm sure they could have had a, a military plane, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't especially wake, if they were flying for seven hours. I don't want to wake Joe and Al up, and gas is kind of expensive, so let's not send them out. Right. Right. Like, what is your rationale to not investigate something like that, which is a, so clearly a, it could be something bad. So um, I know that I don't know if you ever watch Mayday. What they do is they investigate the the flights, but they also investigate the whole environment of of the aviation industry. Mm-hmm. So they look at um, the owners of the airlines. They look at the governments and how they handle things. They look <laughs> the at, government owns Malaysian right? Airlines. It right. happens that the spokesperson is the defense and transport minister right. Right. which and, and i don't know if, if you know much about the malaysian government but it's famous for kind of not being the most um yeah on the books uh type you know the guy who is a spokesperson is the son of the prime minister right a former prime minister nephew of a former prime minister and <laughs> cousin of the current prime minister so it tells me that a lot of the prime ministers in malaysia have come from the same family which is kind of a you know it's not related it's it's like a straw man but it's a it's right. it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting fact you can't ignore yeah right so and we don't like, see that because you know what we live in an envi- in a, in a, country, a real democracy right a democracy where you don't see that stuff right and you know uh, what's going on in Russia too and it's you know he just annexes a, a country and everyone's okay with that but you know out in in the West we don't you know that's that's well, wrong, right? To CNN, um, this missing airline is more important than what's happening in Crimea. Yes, yeah, it looks like that. That's right. I don't well, mean to laugh good, at it in, the, good in that sense, but it's yeah. just... It's, I can imagine the enormous pressure on these investigators to, to get you know something solved, to find this plane. It's got to be huge pressure, right? Yeah. Um, but the thing is, um, you know, we're big fans of actionable data. And... It appears on the surface that every time the Malaysians, Malaysian government, when I say Malaysians, gets data, they don't really do anything about it. Because the Inmarsat had the data and gave it to them. It took four days for them to actually act on it. Right. 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 Because if you, even right now, they think it's in the Indian Ocean, 2,500 kilometers west of um, Perth in Australia. Those yeah, satellite images are four days old. I think they've already discounted that. And the reason why it's four days old is my understanding is that I'm hearing stuff is that these satellites can see a lot more than no. what they're showing. Right? Well, the satellites take pictures, but you have to have someone look at all of the pictures and think about how big that area is. Right. 
right? So and my understanding and is four hours to get to that. My two flight, hours of search right. time and four hours back. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is, it's like that ocean part is very rough. Right. So four days, that thing could be like 500 kilometers away. Yeah. It's... Right. Which is another hour away because those the P8s that they're using have a top speed of 700 kilometers an hour, I think. Yeah. Uh, that could be the American all, one, one guy was saying for all, for all we know, that could be a container that fell off a ship. A 24, ship during, during 24 meters seas, is almost right? twice as large as a shipping container. <coughs> right. So that that part is if it's 24 meters, it has it's it's unusual. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that shipping container thing is being. You can tell I've been reading a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> it's like, but uh, so we can keep going all day. But um, yeah, it's apparently. I wish. Did I you wish know that ten thousand shipping containers get lost off of boats a year. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, ten thousand. <laughs> I used to import stuff from Europe, and they'd always say, you know what, you might want to, if it's if it's a certain value, you want to insure it for. Yes. Um, well, I would think loss, that some right? some shipping containers disappear onto a truck yeah, <laughs> to the wrong destination. But for them to fall off a boat, it's just kind of, you know, it's, it, it makes well, sense because they're stacked on the exterior hull of the, or the, well, if the you get into, the boat, if you get into 20 foot waves, you know, the, that ship, things on ships are going to fall off. Yeah. Right. So anyway, um, okay. That's enough. I just, I, I wish we knew more. I wish we could see all the data in the background. That would be, I don't think, right? um, at this point, because um, every day that passes, that stuff is drifting further away. And in, and if it is in the Indian Ocean, right now it's kind of like, the, it's a giant piece of water that is in the middle of nowhere. The water's rough. It's hard to they detect. Won't they won't find it. I th- How do you find stuff in a black hole? You can't. Yes. You can't well, find CNN stuff knows. in a black CNN, yeah. That, that's because they, they probably live in a black yeah, hole they, too. They, they, they got like... <laughs> They got like the Princess Leia R two D two holograms going. Yeah, and I saw that. Yeah, they're really showing that stuff off, right? So anyway, um, let's it, hope let's hope they find that plane soon. My only thing is, uh, I think if someone was on the ball and and considered a security risk when they detected it on the radar, they would know exactly where the plane was right now. Yeah, preventable. In the, um, sen- per- the 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 not knowing where it is was preventable. It, w- whatever happened on the plane itself probably was not preventable. But at my least- question is, my question is, if this plane was flying for seven hours after they it it shut off, like the communication shut off, yeah, how did they not track it? Well, um, from what I've read, the technology is there. I think you can spend like a hundred grand. But it shows up upgrade. as a blip radar, right? It's um, or maybe the, did no. they, was that shut off? There's too? two types of radar. There's one that 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 reads the transponder, and then there's the old school one that we think of that bounces back. bounces it off. But the right. range, you get you have to you have to have radar towers everywhere, and it's in parts of the where you know, right? They're they're far enough from land that the range would not detect it. So before the communication shut off, it went up to 45,000 feet, and then it dropped they, down to 23. They say that those readings um, may not be accurate because there is one where it dropped 20,000 feet in one second or something, which is physically impossible. That's right. That's so right. I would not put too much weight in a lot of this stuff right now because you, everything right now is basically conjecture Yeah, at best, right? So... I mean, I, I had the, my theory, which I, I now believe it is in the, by Australia in the Indian Ocean, 
But my original theory was that it flew to some lawless place like Somalia because it had enough range to get to the edge of it, right? Right. Or and that it would be used for nefarious things, or it was in the middle of the ocean. Those are my two theories, but I think now it's basically off the coast of Australia. Yeah, big mystery. But uh, I don't think we'll ever know. But you know, it was totally, it totally, we totally could have known where it was if it had not been for, I don't know what to attribute it to, um, laziness, right, negligence. Incompetence. <clears throat> well, think about it. They are okay, developing I know they country. Were in the middle of nowhere. They're not the U.S. I know and they were in the middle of nowhere, but you've got this sophisticated plane that can be tracked, right, easily. You've got all these people with devices that can be tracked, 239 people or something like How that. How can those devices be tracked? Well, if they got if they have phones and let's say they they got, they're near land so you know they're probably not near land right not possible apparently uh the plane goes faster than 250 miles an hour it can't latch onto a cell tower that's not true because people were texting during 911 people there's, were texting there's some dispute over that fact with flight 93 because uh it was the same american authorities who say it wasn't possible uh for well, this flight plane. 93 was flying low enough they were saying to so that they could text, right? And so. when you're over the ocean, we're the cell towers. Right, right. So, anyways, um, that's it. For, we can go on forever, I guess. Really? We okay, will. for Flight 93, I heard uh, that the cell phone stuff was debunked, that people were using the credit card phones. On the, um, that's true. On the yeah, thing. well, uh, my understanding is Malaysian had the same. They had the cell card. Yeah, too. and, but... Uh, if the entertainment system is off, weird. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, the entertainment system is off. Those phones don't work, right. apparently. And it was not a Wi-Fi enabled plane, which I think might have actually made a difference because then you can track um, all the IPs associated with that. Uh, there's so many things we could go in on this thing. It's like an endless... Uh, one of those mysteries that there's so many aspects. Of well, I'm, I'm looking at this infographic. It's got something like 20 communication antennas on this plane. <laughs> yes, but not they're all for different things. And uh, they can, I remember what I was going to say, they can actually make a plane that's 100% traceable. It, it'll, it would require about $100,000 of investment. But because these things happen like 0.001% of flights, that that investment... We had this discussion it's about not worthwhile about recalls and cars and yeah we had the same discussion a few weeks ago anyway and also the black box because uh, because I, I I didn't really know much about black boxes until this thing happened I knew like the recorded stuff so they, they've been talking about it and I did not know that the black box's cockpit recording is on at most a two hour loop so if you're on a zombie flight. If we were to make this assumption for seven hours, like that, the flight data will will be recorded, which is useful, but we will never know what happened in the cockpit. That's true. That that could be true. You're right. Uh, is it? And I'm assuming it's digital, right? It's a it's it flash, flash memory. memory, right? But well, I mean, if we if you if you could have like flash memory is so small these days, and you can make redundant 
Uh, you can have like so. Two what's a maximum flight? You know, would you have like a fourteen-hour flight? You, you can know? easily record twenty-four hours of audio from the cockpit. So it doesn't at, make sense. It doesn't make sense to go for two hours. I know what you're saying, right? So in most, most cases, most accidents, you want to yes. know what happened the last two minutes, right? But, yes. But the most weird accidents, like this one, or you know, you would want more than two hours. Yeah. And even they say that the capacity, because I was just thinking, I mean, um, the flight information is just like a log file, right? Like what we deal with, with database servers and stuff. Yes. And uh, I can't perceive that to be like as much capacity as a data warehouse would generate. Like with some of our bigger customers, especially if you're only talking about 24 hour time spans. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but I think... um, there will be some good to come out of this. A, they're going to relook at at whatever communications and sending out to ensure that uh, they can find the plane and track a plane while it's in the air. Right. Uh, flight. Uh, the black boxes will probably. We may see some changes in terms of increasing capacity on them. Yeah. yeah okay. Just looking at the yeah. flight recorder. It's got twenty five five hours of flight data, but only two hours of auto. You're right. Two hours of digital. Some of them are only a half hour to an hour. Two hours of digital messaging. Yeah, but right. uh, the 777 was sta- is still state of the art. So it has mm. a bit more, I think. Okay, let's move on to picks of the week. Um, I don't even remember my pick of the week. Motorola Moto G. Moto G. Oh, yeah, Moto. I got a new phone. Uh, I replaced my iPhone 4 with a very inexpensive uh, Motorola G. I think I mentioned it. In previous podcasts, but it took me like a half an hour to set up, and it's a fantastic phone. It only has eight gigs, but that's good because it keeps me from installing tons and tons of useless apps. Right. And yeah, it's you don't listen to a lot of music. You're nope. not going to watch videos on your phone, nope. right? Yeah. Uh, just email, RSS. What's the main difference between your Apple and? Is it got a bigger screen, which makes it easier to read? Okay. Um, I worry less about it. If I lose it on a vacation, oh, oh well, you know, because then, you know, a good iPhone, you're still paying a couple hundred bucks at the very least, right? Yep. I paid like 12 bucks uh, for mine. Or what about the free. OS? Do you like the OS? Android, it, it's pretty neat because it's much more customizable. I, I can do so much more. Like I got this free app so that every time I get a junk call, I can add it to a list so that the next time they call, it either hang up on them or, or send them directly to voicemail. Um, there are the, these apps that detect where you parked your car by where, when your Bluetooth disconnected from it based on proximity. It's And the, then it kicks into GPS. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. you don't even have to do anything. Um, the quality of the apps, um, in terms of polish, the, today I, I would say that it's close enough to yeah. iOS. Is there anything you miss, you miss from the Apple that, that you don't have on this phone? You have to think that hard. I guess there isn't, right? I guess not. <laughs> no, I'm thinking. I'm like... Like there's some... Oh, I wish I had that. The Apple did that so much better. Okay, the Apple build quality is a little better. Yeah. But is it worth me paying... Are you worried about dropping this phone? Oh, it'll probably break. Yeah. <laughs> I've dropped my Apple a hundred times, right? And it's pretty solid but, right but uh, i'm pretty good about not dropping my phone um right. yeah i'd be hard you'd be power battery life it's good 
Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It, the Moto G is actually designed to be good on battery. Yeah. I could probably go two days with my the way I use it without charging. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, the screen's really nice. My wife doesn't like it because it's too vivid, but... Um, okay. Yeah, no. Um, I can't think of any reason. It's not the super fast. It's not state-of-the-art phone. It's faster than my iPhone 4. Probably about as fast as my wife's 4S, maybe a hair faster. Right, but right. for twelve, but well, okay. For most people, it's zero dollars. Yeah. Well, nothing zero dollars, right? Yeah. It's well, I mean, subsidized with the two year except except our stack contract is zero. Like right. subsidized, uh, low end, you know, like a a low end latest version iPhone is a couple hundred bucks usually, right? Right. Zero versus two hundred bucks for my usage pattern is good because my wife can get away with using this because she. Her phone is like her laptop. Like she does a lot more on it than I do. Like she takes pictures, she takes videos. My kids too. My kids are always on their phones, right? Well, yeah. My daughter is. She's on the phone more than the laptop. In or... that case, I would recommend like a, a Moto X, which is the one right. up from my phone. Yeah. Which is is a really nice phone, but yeah. you could get one for because you're on Rogers, right? So. Yeah, I don't know. I got because you're due for a new phone anyway. Soon, yeah. I think so. The X well, I think is nice. Next, the end of this year, I should be due. So. I would have liked a Windows phone, but my carrier doesn't have any nice Windows phones. Right. And and the availability of them in Canada in general is yeah. not, not great. Okay. Um, my, pick, my pick is Spritz. And I posted this. And uh, when I first read it in my reader, I, I thought it was pretty cool. Then I saw it. I actually saw it on the news yesterday. They were showing it. Is that a browser it. tool or is it a phone tool? Or I have no idea. It's a it's a new app, and uh, I guess you have to probably design the books for this this app. Do, do, do you remember I showed you uh, an app? I'm actually it was a pick of the week last year. Except it didn't do it with books. It did it with my RSS feeds. It would show a it would blink a word. That's right. Yeah. Like, and I could go 500 words a minute or something like that. Or would highlight certain parts of the text as you were reading it? Or? No, it would. It, it, the words just blink. Yeah. Like they change every fraction of a second. And well, I, that's what this one does, right? So the spritz is, uh, you can read a 500 words a minute, which is supposed to be lightning fast. Some it's people eight, can do higher than that, yeah. actually. 800, yeah. I've heard. Um, the only thing is you probably have to get the books that work with spritz. Um, so it would probably be EPUB, since that's yeah. the only open one that I know. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I I haven't tried it out. I just just thought it was interesting. And um, the only thing is, like, you know, you're used to reading a book a certain way, and I think the brain works. Just, so if you need to jump back, or uh, I'm assuming it's probably got controls where you can slow it down or speed it up and jump so, forward, jump back. Right? Thinking back to to when I made that pick of the week, the one problem I had with the app that I was using. Oh, oh <laughs> there's audio. I clicked on this site. Oh, it's gone. Um, is comprehension was a problem. Right. I would read it. The words would process in my head. But because I wasn't pausing, I did not necessarily get as good comprehension. You know, I noticed, you're right. You know, sometimes you, you know, you're reading something and you'll stop and you'll, you'll think, right? Yes. I don't know if you can, I, I'm assuming that you can probably click something, just stop, stop the, the words flash. So basically, I, I haven't descri- described what it is. 
It's just one line and the words just pop and up. And you blink, you'll miss a word. Yeah, you'll blink. You'll miss a word for sure. And and there's always one letter that's highlighted in red for some reason. Oh, it's probably a, a, an anchor type. To of. help you with comprehension. Right, right. Uh, the other problem I had, at least with the tool that I was using, because I was using it to read my pocket articles. Um, the other problem I had was um, the app that I was using did not have a progress bar. Because you're, you're reading and you don't know how long it's going to take you to finish the article. And sometimes... If it was a really long article, I want to take a break. Yeah, I could pause it, but I would like to know where in the article I was. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I was collecting. I, I've deleted most of my articles from Pocket, knowing that I'm full. I'm never going to read them. But I had some like ten thousand word articles that, because because I had this habit of collecting. Uh, did you ever read the Toronto Sun? There used to be this guy named Max Haynes. No. So they'd be like these true crime stories, like whodunits. Right. So every time I see a whodunit, I go read later. Read later, read later. So if you go to my actual personal blog, you'll see Stephen added this article to Pocket. Most of them are like unsolved mysteries, like jewel heists, right, bank right. heists. And, and these, I'm never going to read them. I had like a thousand articles, more than a thousand articles in my queue. <laughs> it's going to take you, it's going to take you a day just to read your articles. Well, right? I no, no, I acquire more than I, I read them. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I'm done the 500 now, but that's still way too many. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, these articles can take an out, you know, a good 40 minutes to read, um, without the speed reading app. Right. So even with a speed reading app, it's still a lot of time. Well, I know I'm looking at 500 words a minute, which is supposed to be lightning fast. And you know, I can c- comprehend, but the thing is when I go from 500 words back down to 350, Feels it's slow. like slow. Yeah. So uh, and if I go to 250 words a minute, which is what the average person usually reads, it's like really slow, right? According to the site. But uh, I'm, I'm assuming you probably adjusted the different speeds. So it's it's weird because I guess everyone has a different reading style. I f- when I was using it, I thought, oh yeah, I'm reading really fast. But there's something to be, it's very, um, it's kind of micro versus macro. The micro being you're focusing on one word at a time. Right. But there is some benefit to seeing many words at a time. Right. To see the construction of the sentence. Because sometimes as you're moving from left to right, that that subconsciously processes into your head because you also can predict better. Because if you see a short sentence with an exclamation mark, you, you can predict the tone. But if you're just seeing word after word and then you see the exclamation mark, your, your brain is processing no tone and then you're given a tone signal that you don't know how to process unless you're reading Spanish and yeah. the question mark comes first. Yeah, right, right. right. So then Not only that, I think every book has a flow to it. Like yes. if you're reading a novel or a story or something like that, let's say you're reading uh, Stephen King, you know how it builds up. And Stephen Ng? What? Stephen Ng, a Stephen Ng <laughs> book. Uh, when you get close to like the... boring book if I yeah, read it. <laughs> When you get close to the part that's that's you know the climax and then it's coming uh, sorry up. yeah that sounds like a book I would write. Yeah. <laughs> this is a cliche, show, right? No, but yeah, but my start, books are not you clean. Read, let's say you read an important sentence or paragraph. It's like you want to highlight it, maybe you highlight it, or, or you, you want to slow down or at least say wow. Sometimes you want to read it three times, right? So if it goes blah, 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 and you read it and you think in your head, well, what just happened, right? You can't comprehend. I don't yes. think it's yeah. So this 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 tool might be good for reading maybe newspapers. Or, yes. Uh, it, well, I don't know. It was. But neat. I don't. I wouldn't read a novel. I like, thought it was neat because it was like, oh, I didn't know I could read five hundred words a minute. Yeah. Or, or like, That's I right. think I think it was up to f- my setting was less than six hundred, but more than five hundred, I think. But then it was like, okay, I'm reading it, but I'm not. Right. 
it's not you're not the feeling it you're not feeling same. it same it's like i'm just like going through the motions i guess yeah. it's good for reading cognos manuals <laughs> maybe <laughs> no i don't know i don't know about that actually <laughs> cognos manuals uh, you might need to to read it over and over about five times oh, to make yeah. sure that they explained it correctly that's right that's right uh I can tell you about some documentation that they had the wrong instructions for. Yes. I think it had to do with uh, 2000, what was it, 2008 IIS? Oh, no, even before then. They once wrote documentation I followed to the T uh, on how to, they had a, what it was, it was an IBM edition of Cognos, so it would run on WebSphere right, and stuff. Right. But the instructions were not to set it up as a service so that if your server crashed and it rebooted, you'd actually have to run up to your server, turn on the screen, run a batch file, and then the service would start. Oh, How ridiculous yeah. is that? That is not production instruction. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Or they give you instructions for like, uh, because, well, I mean, in, in most products, the guy's writing documentation as they're coding, and then they would change stuff, and then sometimes they don't tell the guy writing documentation. Right. So you get right. these instructions that made no sense because uh, the options have been renamed or whatnot. Yeah. yeah I don't know what is the best thing. A poem? Uh, no, maybe not a poem. <laughs> I don't know what the best thing is for a speed reading tool. It has its place. I just, it, it just really, I don't know what it would be good for though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll try it out. When it comes out, we'll see what people... Maybe it's another Google Glass. Everybody got excited, and I haven't heard about Google Glass in the longest. They time, had a so. they had an article on their site telling people not to be glass holes. <laughs> Come on, no, I'm serious. They did. Did they? Yeah. Is they did they trying to be hip? Or no, no. Trendy? They're trying to say don't be rude when you're wearing your Google Glass. Like don't walk into a movie theater or don't like gawk at. At scantily clad hey man, ladies. You, you know what? Don't tell me how to use You made it, right? You made the hardware or software. Well, they're Don't not telling. They're it. just guidelines. It's kind of like uh, Miss Manners. Yeah. You know, I can do whatever I want at a restaurant, yeah. but, you know, should I? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Don't tell me not to, to tuck in my bib <laughs> to my shirt at uh, Winston's. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's it. I guess um, we're going to start doing uh, Sign It to Us podcast. Monthly. Monthly. Or less frequent. 12 a year, probably. Right. Because we'll probably be doing a new podcast for right. our company. But that one's not as fun as so this So we'll be one. doing these ones the uh, monthly, and then we'll do a podcast separately for... Monthly. Monthly. But that one is a little... Going to be much more serious. No picks of the week, probably. Right. Just uh, talk about a... a More informative, I guess. Right. right. CNN style. We'll talk about black holes and your data. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> this plane's going to, a whole bunch of planes are going to come out of this black hole in the sky. See, we, we will extract, I think load, and transform me, your data into a black my hole. My wife was telling me somebody, they were actually talking about UFOs or. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> what? In, in Maybe a meteorite. I, I would believe a meteorite. Yeah, that one's right? plausible because right. we had two, what, they had two consecutive nights in Nova Scotia that they saw a meteorite. Right. Go through the sky. They had the meet the giant one. You don't need a big last one. year you in Russia. One, one the size of a you know a, a small yep. rock would probably do the trick, right? If it came through. So anyway, that's it for this week. And I guess we'll uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Four, four weeks. Or we're doing it monthly, right? For more information on Assign It to Me, you can visit our website at assignittome.com or our blog at 
blog.assignittome.com. If you have any questions regarding this show or the Assign It To Me app, feel free to contact me at vince at assignittome.com. Thanks for listening.